This episode of Pots vs. Pete's was originally recorded April 25th of 2018. It was posted on April 27th of 2018. We made it, folks. This is your official spoiler warning. If you have not seen Thor Ragnarok, then, you know, that's your choice. You know, if you want to continue listening to the podcast, and I'm not going to stop you. You do you, boo. You do you. Peterson. And I'm Alex Potterbaum. And we're here today to present to you Pots versus Pete. The marvelous morons. Yeah, that's the sound I want to hear. Yeah. You know it. Say it for me again. Not saying it? Okay, whatever. No, I, I already that's said right, it. Folks. I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said it. I was, I was like, eh, say it again for no, me. You were, you weren't giving me anything. I was trying to give you a hundred dollar bill, and you just like denied me of all fil- access. I don't want your filthy money. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's right, folks. This is another very special episode of Pots versus Pete's. This is the last episode. Up until Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Which, if I heard correctly, you actually got the leaked plot synopsis. Uh, I do. Film, it's it's correct? about the midnight hour before, uh, literally, pretty much, uh, we're going. I'll be going to see it in less than a day. But I, it's, it's crazy. I already know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, so, let me take you on the wild, extravagant tale of Avengers Infinity War. <clears throat> A young man named Tony Stark, who is poor and begotten in France, is arrested for a crime that he barely did, and something that he should not have a life sentence for. He eventually escapes escapes prison and becomes a mayor of a small French town, leading a group of people they know as the Avengers. But the evil Thanos is hunting him down, who only sees in moralistic black and white. Will they be able to have a revolution? What will happen when the civil war happens? And will Thanos actually catch Tony Stark? And will it be a musical? The answer to all these questions is yes and no, but the musical is yes. That is, I'm going to guess, that is the actual plot to Fiddler on the Roof. (laughs) Yes, that is the musical that I am referring to. Okay. Good. I've never seen it before, so... It, it's not. It's Les Mis. What? Oh, that's Les Mis. Okay. That's Les Mis. That makes more sense. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know what country Fiddler on the Roof... I know it's, I like, a Jewish... I have never seen Fiddler on the Roof. Well, I've never seen Les Mis, You've so... You've never seen Les Mis? You should have picked oh, a better you, fucking musical. How about that? that? I thought you knew what the plot was to that. Oh, this was so no! stupid. I have no oh, idea. No. <laughs> I made a horrible choice. <laughs> oh no! I can't, remember I can't believe you would pick you would pick something so obscure and unpopular obs- as oh. Les Misérables, <laughs> only les, the greatest musical les, of all time. Les Misérables. <laughs> I want everybody to know, especially people I graduated with for uh, theater uh, and performance studies in Graceland University. That I am indeed joking about the fact that it's uh, not obscure 
and uh, a very popular musical. We we I, all know it's a popular I am not, musical. I am not joking about the fact that I didn't know the plot to it though. I should <laughs> I should have I should have figured that it was all about the the French Revolution and stuff like that. That makes that makes complete nope, sense. No, so. now, you're just, now you're talking about how no the movie goes, right? This is so much better. You don't have any right yeah, idea. What... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be completely blindsided yeah. by the time this movie goes, because I have no idea what, what Les Miserables is. <laughs> so, all right, folks, if this is your first time listening, which, why are you listening to the last episode? Or, I guess, not so much the last episode, but the last one before it transitions to i guess our goal really like we're gonna yeah, do one podcast up until infinity war to do since beginning of january so this is kind of nuts this is kind of surreal that we're here at this point this is like i i like when i was watching this movie this last sunday it's just like i can't believe we're already here and honestly i i was saying that since you know uh we were doing guardians of the galaxy volume 2 which was the first one that came out in 2017 and it's just like wow that's already last year we're already at this point yeah uh, where it's where we're closing up this whole podcast so anywho if you haven't seen the show or listened to it more or less because this is a podcast not a video stupid kirk stupid 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 god kirk how dare you, you so silly of me you can't listen with your eyeballs what basically how the show is is organized is that we'll go through a synopsis We'll give the good points, we'll give the bad points, and then we'll rate the movie out of five stars, or, or just the number five, I guess. And then, you know, that's it. We'll go on our way and uh, and uh, go to our separate homes and cry in my sleep. Yeah, you know, I don't, I'm already in my separate home. Sleep. I'm not, not in your home. That's weird. Yeah, that's true. If anybody's ever wondering, uh, Potabom is in Georgia recording his stuff and i'm here in des moines yeah we could probably cut all yeah. that though <laughs> we can probably cut out that all that but uh some people actually missed that detail from the first few episodes oddly enough really uh and so yep so some people i was talking to thought i was talking to you directly right here oh wow we were that's all, how good, yeah we were in the same room that's how good we are yeah that's how, how the editing is it's beautiful yeah 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 so thank you will for editing and thank you Potabomb for having a good sounding microphone. Let us get started. To Thor Ragnarok. You know, we don't we don't talk about economics as enough, you know, in the show. Um, yeah, you know, there's probably a reason money, for that. <laughs> we don't know much money, about it. Money Well, yeah, you know, politics, Syria, you know, these are all good topics that we should be having on on Pots versus Pete's. No? Okay. What? Let us go on. What are you talking Thor. about? <laughs> Ragnarok. You know, I just read the other day uh, a little book called Watchmen, which is a super great book. A little book. Uh, and yeah. everybody... A little book, yeah. And everybody in the world should probably read it. I, I very much appreciate the the book known as Watchmen. P- thoughts on that, Potabon? Um, I It's a fantastic book. Um... I think it gets, if I were to rate that one, I would give it a five out of five. I sure. probably four point seven five. Yeah, I, the the book is amazing. Yep. So read read Watchmen. All right, it is time for us to go to Thor, Ragnarok. You know, video games as a topic is a very good one that we've never really talked about in podcasts. Kirk, I'll do the good beats. first. No. It's my turn to do synopsis, so I'll do that. Oh, God, you're right. doing the synopsis. Jesus. <laughs> Go. Oh <my>. uh, okay. 
Christ. Synopsis for it's Thor not Ragnarok. That hard. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> <laughs> Go. <clears throat> Get it, go, go, go. <laughs> Let's go. Thor Ragnarok, my very favorite of the MCU, starts with Thor in a place that's not quite hell, but kind of sort of looks like hell. And he's on in the middle of an adventure where he takes out uh, the big giant uh, demon guy. What's his name? Uh, demon guy? All right, so the big de- demon guy. He takes him out with his, you know, magical hammer uh molnir and his wits and all that stuff and he comes back to asgard to take you know that piece back to make sure it's safe at and the chambers and he finds that idris elba is not at his place usual place of the the sword thing of uh a bifrost so he goes to investigate what's going on only to find out that the whole kingdom of asgard has been taken over by loki loki of course you know reveals his true colors they go off to go rediscover his dad uh his dad has been taken away to a quiet place in the mystical parts of norway i assume and he dies and leaves them with a a queen uh they they call her queen in this right yeah but it's implied that she's queen because she's yes uh hella hella the the rightful heir to this throne of asgard or throne of asgard and so she has these powers that are way more expansive and stronger than than Thor and Loki combined. Takes out Thor's hammer, destroys Milner, and they get sent off to different directions. Hela gets put back in Asgard and tries to take over the place, while Thor and Loki go to a distant planet run by Jeff Goldblum. Uh, his mas- his name is the Grandmaster, right? Yes, that is his character's and, name. It's... And I can't even think of the planet. So what's the planet called? Uh, Sakar. Sakar. So, Thor and Loki are in this faraway planet of Sakar, run by the Grandmaster, who is Jeff Goldblum. While there, Thor gets captured and is, becomes a warrior that's sent to fight in the Grand Championship tournament thing. Uh, where he fights the Incredible Hulk of all people. And together he meets up with a woman named Valkyrie. And Hulk and him are joined forces uh, to gain back Asgard and save the people there. And along the way learns lessons of uh, who he needs to become to overthrow this, uh, uh, this threat of Hela. And all of that stuff. And how to save the people of Asgard rather than the place of Asgard. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. So that was about as good oh, and he of an improv too. That's a... he loses an eye. Yep. He loses an eyeball. He loses his hair. He loses pretty much everything that he is identified as Thor. I, he doesn't even have his cape at the end. So yeah, I don't like, think they made a point off ish. So yeah, he doesn't yep. have the. I think he's they don't make a point sort of, of him losing that cape ish thing. But yeah, it's definitely not the same uh, style. Yeah, not the had. same cape. Yep. So like they make go at lengths to get rid of everything that's iconic or uh, people know about Thor, you know. So that is Thor Ragnarok in a nutshell. So, Mr. Potabom, it is your turn today to go for the goods. Yay. Uh, This isn't the good, but this movie's a lot of fun, which is, um, that's, this movie is very much trying to have fun, which I uh, like. Um, The last two Thor movies have, well, they've been enjoyable to... Well, one of them has been. 
uh, <laughs> which is what just one, um, and that it wouldn't have called particularly like really fun. Uh, this one is. Um, so my first one is this movie is so weird. Like, just at one point, Hulk is fighting a giant zombie wolf, and then yeah. while Thor is fighting a woman who can throw spears out of her hands, and then Tessa Thompson is jumping out of a spaceship that's blowing up in fireworks, wearing, like, a sword and a white armor and a blue cape, and then a dude jumps out of a spaceship with two M16s. And this is all what happens within, like, maybe five minutes of each other. And, like, it's just, this movie is bizarre. There's a rocket dragon. Like, at one point, like, when Thor's escaping hell, he's chased by a dragon that doesn't have wings. It literally has, like, rockets that shoot fire out of its body. I, I don't even understand how that works. Um, you have, like, things like Jeff Goldblum, who's just bizarre and, like, the most Jeff Goldblum of all Jeff Goldblums. Like, uh-huh. this movie is weird and totally embraces the comic book weirdiness in a way that I don't know how many of the other movies done. Like, kind of Guardians of the Galaxy, but, like, this is just all out 100%, like, probably the closest to getting to as many weird things as possible from the comics into one movie. Uh, so I I love that. I, I, I don't want all the movies after this to have that same aesthetic, but I want them to have that feeling of, oh, we could do really bold, odd choices. You know, we can have this super colorful, interesting, exciting, weird stuff, and we don't have to feel like audiences aren't going to connect with it because it's not grounded. Like, that's not the problem. Um, with some of the other movies in this series. Uh, my second one is... Yeah, Thor- and, and in some ways, this is like the superhero version of heavy metal. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this is... Um, this- like, this is this is like high school kids doodling on their textbook, and they made a whole movie connecting all these weird set pieces and imageries together. Yeah, you could tell, like, all the filmmakers just want to do as many weird ideas as they can, like, just in one big movie. Because you have, like, this weird fantasy world with a giant space world and, like, all this stuff. Yeah, it's just bizarre, and I love it. Um, right. So, uh, my second one is... For the first time, I think in literally almost any of the Marvel movies, um, with a like, there's a couple of hints of that. Thor actually has a personality, and it's actually like likable. Uh, so yeah. the director, um, I was at an interview like before the movie came out. Um, I was reading about it, and he said he modeled Thor after uh, Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Which, if you don't know that oh, movie, sure. that's for who any of you listening who don't know that movie, that's totally fine. It's a kind of a weird cultish movie. But the point is, the main character is this guy who's got a huge amount of swagger, um, incredibly cocky. And despite all that, sometimes he's pretty incompetent um, and kind of a little bit arrogant and a lot of a showboater. Um, so he kind of like tries to overcompensate his like lack of competence with charisma. And it works for Thor. Um, it's He's a lot more competent in this movie than Jack Burton is in Big Trouble in Little China because he's a superhero. He has to be competent. Um, but at the same time, he's got this sort of like super charming personality and Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth the guy who plays Thor, can finally have jokes and they aren't super awkward and forced. Um, so it's nice to find Thor having like an actual personality and things to actually do. And he's not just standing there and being bored or serious or, like, super whiny. Like, he's just, he he finally fits in with the attitudes of all the other MCU characters. So that, you know, when Infinity War comes by, we have, like, a template of Thor that's not super boring. 
it's nice having that after god how many movies has he been in now technically this will be the what fifth movie he's been in yeah fifth sounds yep, right fifth movie he it's it's too bad that he didn't get one before a personality before this but man i i love him in this movie he's so much fun um and, okay and, sure yeah and then last but not least I've said this about some of the other movies, um, that it's nice that they have consequences, but this one has, there's no going backwards for the Thor franchise. They can't just pretend this movie didn't happen. I mean, Asgard, the yeah, whole- It would have to take the weirdest retcon of all time to be like, it was just a dream. Yeah, or like, or did even just like slide under the rug like they've done with some of the other MCU movies. Like, I mean, Asgard, the place where- you know, the first two movies exist now has been blown up. Thor's lost an right. eyeball. We've lost a lot of the main characters from all those series. You know, Odin, uh, the Warriors 3, a lot of the other, like, Asgardian characters. Um, now all the Asgardians are in a spaceship together with no home. And Thor's missing an eyeball. And, like, all the, and then, you know, Loki's finally made that transition to the good side, or at least is they've at least acknowledged the... His duplicity to the point of if they went backwards again, it would look really, really bad. Um, they pretty yeah. much established that, like, hey, here's a scenario where, you know, we, uh, everybody trusts Loki, and then Loki backstabs them, and then everyone acts surprised. It's like, oh, no. Like, they've mentioned it numerous points in this movie of, like, that's, nobody's falling for that anymore, because we as the audience are never going to fall for that. Like, it's it's done. So, he's kind of now, I would argue that he'll probably be a good guy in Infinity War if he doesn't die. Um, interesting yeah interesting prediction yeah now, i think he's gonna give the tesseract to to thanos to save his own butt see and I, then I think he'll he's end up you know he's gonna betray him one last time and that last time will get him killed yeah i think a heroic death okay maybe a heroic death is more possible than that yep. but he'll probably uh, try and i i he'll probably try and do some sneaky deal where he'll try and like look like he's betraying everybody and then you know try and do a heroic death and that's what's gonna happen um, so yeah, this movie has a bunch of consequences and there's, it's not like it hasn't happened in these movies. Um, you've had, you know, civil war had huge ramifications for everything. And, um, I mean, even Avengers Ultron, I didn't particularly like it, but you can't ignore that movie, but there's been plenty of these movies that, you know, it's been the, at the end, it's kind of like same old, same old, like nothing happened, whether I like them or not, they didn't really have huge consequences. So uh, I appreciate this one having that. Yeah. Yep. I agree. All right, Kirk, what's your three? Okay, so the the production design of this movie is gorgeous. Oh, so This good. is the most incredible production design I've seen ever. And they go into, into this world of Jack Kirby that I never really thought was possible, nor did I really ever think about. And when I was watching this for the first time, I was like, this feels so familiar. And like, it's like the, the use of secondary colors all over the place and like, uh, people's faces on buildings and like the design of the architecture of all these buildings it feels so familiar and i when i got done with the movie will pointed out to me that it's it's jack kirby style i was like dodge jack kirby style and and i would have been very familiar with this because they would have taken that same kind of influence for all of the justice league uh cartoons and stuff like that um all the times they go to Apocalypse in the DCAU is, you know, looks straight up exactly like uh, this world of Sakaar in, in this movie. Um, and they they nail 
the tone and ideas of Jack Kirby. And in some ways, I'm, right now I'm reading Infinity Gauntlet, uh, the book with, uh, you know, with all the Marvel characters. And, uh, uh, and in some ways that's like the, the natural extension of Jack Kirby. That wasn't drawn by Jack Kirby. It was drawn by, uh, uh, George Perez and another person. I'm so sorry. I can't think of the other guy's name at the moment. And, um, and like their influence and style, we were just talking about uh, heavy metal and like how it feels like '80s teenage kids in high schools, like doodles and stuff like that. That's what this feels like. In a, it feels like otherworldly, um, to the point like of absurdity. Like th these are really weird out there characters and really weird out there designs, but it flows and looks phenomenal. They they nailed the look of this movie to to uh, just far beyond a lot of these other movies uh designs uh and especially the other thor movies the other thor movies are very boring uh this does not have that problem this is incredible production design so my second point i think is similar to one of your other points i these are uh, great characters that came here to play loki and thor uh, are in some of the more interesting places and have the in most interesting uh, story arcs that they'll have in these respected movies. Thor especially, as we talked about earlier, like loses everything in this. And that's a great place to take your hero and stuff like that. And it's not gradual either. It's a little bit here, a little bit of there. Throughout the whole movie, he loses everything that makes him Thor. And um, that's that's where you want to go with these kind of stories. Uh and then Loki also is playing both sides of, of the equation here. He's playing both uh, the good guys and the bad guys to his own needs. And that's just wonderful to see in, a, in an antagonist. And and there, it leads to some very tender moments. That elevator scene between Thor and Loki is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Where he tells Loki, you know, you could strive here in, in Sakaar. Like, this is complete chaos. This is complete weirdness this is you loki like i i want the best of you and i think this is it and it's a weird backhanded compliment because like loki's clearly looking for attention and he's like looking for thor to be like oh no you need to stay here with me and thor's just like dude i've kind of given up on you like what do you want me to say like i've tried to help yeah. you and you keep yeah, you keep being problematic. I, I, you be stay here. You're happier yeah. here. Like you don't want me around, anyways. Clearly, because you keep trying to push me away. Like just stay, stay here. It's like yeah, it's like this is scheming, gambling, bunch of double-sided jerks. It's perfect for you. You're gonna be set. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I guess I never didn't get quite that reading. I think Thor truly uh, feels like you know, uh, this is who you are, and like yeah, you're right. I've tried to change you and stuff like that but why should i like you're 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 the way you are and this is a good place for you so yeah. it's it's not a it's not a hatred feeling it's a feeling of love of like but i know what's best for me is to me to stop trying to change you like you stay here and be happy i'll know that you're happy here even though you're not by me like instead of trying to be like the brotherly connection that he keeps trying to like have where it's like this idea of what he wants is this relationship to be is like nope i'm letting you go you know do, you go and be happy somewhere and that means i don't get to see you anymore yeah so that's where it is i think those are interesting places for these characters to go i think uh valkyrie is a standout i think she's just incredible every 
Oh, she's The way she walks, the way she uh, does other actions, the fights and all this stuff. Uh, She's just very captivating. Uh, uh, You said her name earlier, the actress's name. The actress is Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, yeah. She's she's great. She's a standout. She'll clearly have a very good future. Uh, she She was phenomenal in Creed. Annihilation, she was phenomenal in. So she is also currently in Westworld for anybody watching that. Show. All right, I'll have to check that out. I I really like her, so she's great. And then Hulk, of course, just steals the show every time he's in there. I, it's it's hard oh, not yeah. to like hate Hulk, um, and it's hard to. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's like really played up for laughs in this movie, but this movie in general is played up for laughs. Like, this is clearly... Yeah, it's never, like, in an insulting way of, like, the Hulk is dumb. Like, they, they call him dumb, but it's never that the character is dumb. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's, like the he's idea of him is, it's never that the idea of him is he's dumb. He's taking like, advantage totally of everything the that they're giving him in order to make the best possible life for himself, and that's kind of hilarious. So... Yeah. Um, and then my third point is that the actors seem to have a blast while making this movie. And I think it's maybe safe to say that almost everybody involved with the movie probably had a blast making it uh, in one oh, form yeah. of another. So that's that's something that's very respectable and something you can see uh, captured on the screen. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think the only one who I can honestly maybe wasn't was... At times, Anthony Hopkins and Idris Elba. Oh, no. Um, Idris Elba, maybe. But Anthony Hopkins but, was having a but blast. But the, the part, where he's, part where he's playing Loki, yeah. yeah, he's having a blast. Like, it's the parts where he has to be the, like, you know, the wise old man who gives advice. Like, I mean, I'm sure he's just at the voice, like, whatever. Like, I can just, I can basically fall asleep and say these lines. No big deal. But, yeah, the part where he's playing Loki, though, oh, man, he's having so much fun. And it's great. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I, I I can see him having a little bit like, oh, I have to be this character again, fine. But like, yeah, the part where he's Loki, he's having so much fun, and I love yes. it. <laughs> it's just it's one of my favorite parts. There you go. So those were my three goods. Nice. Anything you need to add? No, you pretty much got all the things that I didn't have. Cool, so, that's awesome, yeah. that's awesome. All right, well yeah. then, we're on our way to the beds! Um, you want to go first or me go first? Well, I mean... Uh, traditionally, the person who uh, did good second starts with the bads. Um, but okay. uh, all right, Kirk. Uh, I mean, if but, you if you want to go, I okay. No, nope. uh, uh, here's the deal, you... folks. I've been stalling talking about this, as you can see at the beginning, uh, because I really, really don't like this movie. I don't like this movie almost at all. I I had a hard time just watching it again this other time, and. It's a very weird, captivating, like, I I definitely have two minds about this movie. In some ways, it's just like, if people are watching this to have a good time, then this is it. Like, this is a really good time. This is a really fun, funny movie. But something about this just does not feel honest to me at all. And I, 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 it's painful for me to watch this movie every time I watch it. I've seen it now three times, so it's not like I've seen it only once and I was like, ah, I can't remember why I don't like it. I very much remember why I don't like this movie, and I remember it every time I I watch it, and I guess I I guess here are the points. And I'll go with the more trivial thing first. Uh which isn't exactly trivial because this is a comedy, and I maybe laugh at twenty percent of the jokes thrown in this movie. 
Uh, I I don't think the majority of this movie is is funny at all. I I think it 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 plays at at characters' expenses who usually aren't being played towards. I, I if that makes any sense. Uh, Thor kind of you were talking about how he became a more interesting character this time. I sometimes. And, like, it's fun to see him be cocky in an environment where he's not exactly striving because it's a completely foreign location for him. Uh, but then again, that was also the first movie, and he reacted completely different ways to being that fish out of the water. And this time, he just seems like a bumbling... Not a bumbling, but just a buffoon. Like, a very silly version of Thor. Which is what this movie's tone is going for. That doesn't mean I have to like it. That's fair. Yeah. So, like, overall, this movie, I didn't feel respected the story of the previous other movies. Didn't respect its characters. Didn't respect uh, what they established or what they tried to uh, set up. They didn't respect anything with that. And I get that this was a huge point of this movie. Like, in some ways, this movie is... is like. T- speaking in a metafictional text saying that yes we're sorry that the first two movies sucked so we're going to make something completely different and i feel like them making something completely different went the completely wrong direction it's not that the thor movies are serious and you know humorless because uh because that tone just doesn't work it's the the or like it's not the fact that the that the first two movies, you know, uh, tried to take itself more seriously is what made those movies not work. What made those movies not work was exactly not as engaging plot. The story wasn't great and wasn't there. And instead of trying to fix that and heighten that to a point where it's something captivating and good, they just decided to make this a farce. Uh, and it's weird. You can't really call it a farce because, like the like we just talked about earlier, Thor goes through you know, a major overhaul in character. But at the same time, it just feels like a breeze for him. He's just going through point to point and losing item to item and just kind of shrugging it off and continue on being Thor, you know? If that makes yeah, any sense. I can, yeah. I can so, kind of see that. So, it's... They, they changed this mood and tone because basically it worked well with Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm going to play this card. I'm sorry if you don't feel this way. Uh, I'm sorry to anybody listening that doesn't want to do this. But basically, this movie feels very cynical and, you know, wants all the money in the world. And by doing that, they just kind of copy the formula uh, formula and ideas of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I mean, they don't obviously use the music, but they have a licensed song that they use twice. uh, And, you know, it's just kind of dumb. You know, like I, some those two parts are probably my favorites because I really love Immigrant Son. And Immigrant Song is probably my favorite Led Zeppelin, uh, Led Zeppelin song of all time. And like, you know, that's kind of what I want the whole movie to be like in some ways. It's just like these slow-mo shots that are like almost comic book covers by themselves. But at the same time, they're not, it's not saying anything with the story. I think if it had been done just once, like that final part where it gets crazy and then that song kicked in, that would have been awesome. Or if we had just at once or twice, or like had done it more often. But yeah, 
It's showing up twice randomly in like two uncon somewhat unconnected moments that were just big action I, moments. Like I, I should yeah. say, like it is big action moments, but like it's it's sandwich. It's it's their bookends, right? Like he's he's himself at a stasis at the beginning of the movie. He is Thor. He is the god of thunder. He has the hammer, and he's you know capable of everything. He's great, and then he loses everything throughout the story. But then he gains his confidence back, gains the electrical abilities back, you know, becomes the god of thunder again, and the music comes back in. So there's obviously a clear connection that way. But as I'll get to my first point, which is the biggest point, uh, it doesn't work for me because I don't think the story's any good at all. And this is just bizarre to me that we live in a culture and a world of filmmaking where people put story, say that story is king and that you can have a good story and not a good anything else and still have a good movie. And yet this movie has a complete, utter mess of a story and somehow people just absolutely love it. So the story isn't good. Why? Because what exactly was the lesson that Thor has to learn? Basically, Odin at the very end of the movie goes, uh, Asgard is not a place, it's a people. And it is more important to protect the people than it is to protect the place. So if you have to let the place destroyed, then to protect the people, that's great. Which is a great lesson. I love that idea. That's really great. And I also love the idea that Thor goes on this journey and loses all these other things. The problem is, this movie did not establish at the beginning that he was too dependent on Molnir, on the hammer, to just lose that. It's not like Thor became useless after they got rid of the hammer because he was still equally as strong and was able to handle himself almost as well without the hammer. He took he almost took out all those other guys. Is, am I not mistaken about that? Uh, the, it, it the, seemed like he was well, didn't lose any of his strength, but he lost his lightning abilities, which is something. And that hammer, which is it was like that big first. Yeah, action that's scene a, that's him. a big that's a big part of him and something he needed to learn. But like. What about him at the beginning of the movie needed to be fixed, right? Like, when we talk about storytelling and all this stuff, the first act, the exposition and stuff like that, has the our main character, the main protagonist, in a situation where, like, the world is alright, he can live in it, but something's not right and he has, you know, he has to learn something or, or want something else in order to go through the experience of the story and then find out what he truly needs by the end and comes back fully as that person. Uh, that's basically what a story is in a nutshell, correct? Yeah. At least the hero's journey. So what exactly did Thor need to learn to go on without Mjolnir? Uh, what was the lesson? Answer, that is not, not good. Yeah, you, there, there's nothing. Because he was fully defined and he was totally fine as a person at that moment. And he doesn't really learn to become a different person by the end of the movie either. He just learned a new way of controlling thunder or lightning without Mjolnir. That's all he learned. I guess he kind of took responsibility for being like a leader. Um, but that he had no hesitation of doing that. He kind of assumed that once he found out that his dad was dying. Yeah, that's true. So it's not like, and to be clear, that's the story of the first movie. Like, he was on his way to become king, and he realized that he was too arrogant to be king. But he's 
he's evened out by now. He's completely evened out by the end of this, or by the beginning of this movie. Like you said, he's a very likable person, actually. So, like, what, I don't know what lesson he would learn at all. Like, there's, no, there, this, the third movie in a row where we do not explore Asgard's culture in any way, shape, or form. And what a weird missed opportunity when the whole point of the last lesson is that Asgard's a people, not a place. Yeah, it's what very a, strange. What a weird decision to make there. And in fact, it's, most of this movies take place on Sakaar, and the people of Asgard are trying to take over Hela, but they just get killed a lot. All of them get killed, including Warrior Three, which, you know, one of the bigger side characters in the first two movies that could have been more fleshed out. What a weird missed opportunity to not try to flesh those people out, right? Yeah. If, uh, what a weird opportunity the... not to flesh out Asgard. What a weird opportunity to do a lot of these things. Like, yeah. I... I, The thing about this movie is that, like, uh, Roger Ebert once said that it's super important to judge a movie for what it is, not what you want it to be. And this movie is trying to completely disregard everything about the first two movies. It's a soft reboot, getting rid of all that stuff. But to me, like, I can't help but fundamentally disagree with that decision in the first place. Because we had good places to go from the first two movies. We had interesting talking points. The second movie has one of the best cliffhangers this whole series has. What a great opportunity to show off what Loki can do when he's ruling Asgard. What do they do? He's making people do plays about the death of Loki. And make it a great statue, uh, you know, uh, to pay tribute to him. It's, he's not doing anything interesting, not diabolical, evil, none of that. It's a joke. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of the point of he was to be a terrible leader because he's not actually fixing anything. Um, but it's not very I, well executed in the fact of like, you know, anything beyond there's a bad person, there's, there's a, there's a terrible person who's in front of the Bifrost and he's doing a play. Yeah, it's and no I, point is it implied that like anything anything is different than what it had been previously. Yes. This movie stuck with me in my mind for weeks. Like two weeks after it came out. I could not stop thinking about this movie. Because I just true. He'd tell me all the time about it. And like I want to reiterate the fact that this is a very well made movie. And like this movie was very purposeful for the laughs, and that's what it was going for. So you can't fault it for that as much, you know, as I do. I just fundamentally disagree with that decision to go that direction. And and because of that, they shortchanged all of the drama they could have had, all of these great stories for the laughs. Um, I don't think story is the most important thing about film. Experiences. And this gave the experience the audience exactly wanted. And this is not a good story if you're looking at it from the hero's journey, from Joseph Campbell's ideals of the hero's journey. This is not a good story. This is trash. But it's a fun time. So what do you what do I know? You know. Well what are you, what are your points? Uh alright, so my three bads are um and nothing definitely is in depth as yours. Uh, I think this movie is trying a little bit too hard at times. Um, 
I actually disagree with the comedy. I thought a lot of it worked. However, uh, some of the good comedy got drowned out in almost... It felt like a lot of the dialogue was jokey. Um, like, to a point yeah. where it was like, alright, not everything needs to be a joke. And it's too bad because it legitimately drowns out the really, truly funny moments. Um, or, like, the fun... The, like the weird, funny, heartwarming moments, like when, like when Thor's trying to describe uh, that, like when Loki turned into a snake when he was a kid and stabbed him. Like that's a perfect like Thor relationship, right? Thor finds something, he thinks it's interesting, and then Loki stabs him in the back, um, or literally stabs him. But it, and like other and like Jeff Goldblum is legitimately a funny character at times, but he's too much. Um, it's just it's trying too hard at certain points, especially sure. with the comedy, and that ends up to its detriment at times. Again, there's a lot of this movie I thought was, there were some really funny parts. Um, I really like this director, and he's a very funny uh, filmmaker, and all the cast is funny and all that stuff, but yeah, yeah, I think it was trying too hard, and that, I if it had just even rained back in like 25%, you know, just found the cutting board for 25% of the jokes, we could have had, and like, you know, and then devoted that time to you know, building up characters and, you know, adding more to the plot or anything like that, we could have had a really, really solid movie. Um, um, so, so my second point is this movie kind of, like, you kind of mentioned that they don't go with the As culture of Asgard a lot. Um, I think that's just kind of indicative of this movie of, I like all the changes it's made. Um, I don't mind the tone changing from the first two movies. Um, I'd rather have somebody try and reinvent Thor in a unique and interesting way than try and make the tone of the first two movies work in its favor. I think the best option would have been to find a way to keep that tone to work and move the series forward, but um, clearly they didn't want to do that, so they they found someone who legitimately wanted to make this movie, which I would rather go with every time. But um, in doing it, all of its changes, it gets rid of a lot of things that, yeah, we could have spent more time on. Um, we kind of mentioned, I, I guess we didn't really mention, but Anthony Hopkins as Odin pretty much disappears really quickly in the movie. Um, yeah. Which is fine, but on the other hand, like, in the if this was your only Thor movie, you'd have no reference to why you should care. Um, honestly, even if you've seen, like, the other movies, because his last entry in Thor 2, he was a jerk. And so it's like, well, that's too bad. Now we don't get, like, and he's well-written and fun when he's in this, but... He's in it, barely. Um, a lot of the characters who were established in Asgard are dead. Uh, unless it's uh, Heimdall, I think it's probably, like, Heimdall and the people are pretty much the only, like, the random extras are the only things that survive about Asgard. Uh, and they and don't mention it, but I'm sure Sif's alive, too. Yeah, there's Sif's alive. She's somewhere not um, in this area. So, yeah, technically she can come back into another series or TV show or whatever. Um, but yeah, so she's off somewhere else, but yeah, Asgard's gone, and yeah, we don't ever see anything about it, so we see some cool visuals, but that's about it. Um, the Warriors 3 all die really unceremoniously and quickly, which I guess is fine, they never really had much of personalities or things to do in the first place, but at the same time, I I, never I, 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 I don't see why that'd be fine. I, these, they did have personalities, they could have kept Ish. going with them. And these were yeah. important characters, and especially to Thor. Like, forget the audience. Like, they're not important to Thor. Or, they're not important to the audience as much as they are to Thor. And the fact that they die, and Thor doesn't find out about it. And if he did, 
he probably wouldn't care because this movie completely lampoons him into something else, you know? It's just kind of, yeah, like, we we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, it's great that we're making all these changes and we're moving forward, but at the same time, in doing its huge revisionist soft reboot, it throws away a lot of potentially good ideas that didn't need to be thrown away. Um, yeah. Which is too bad. Um, I'm excited to see where this series goes after this, uh, but I didn't... It, it's kind of too bad because we're going to lose this fantasy entry into... Yeah, it's just another sci-fi. It's another another Guardians. Yep, it's just another sci-fi alien action adventure. So, like, I mean, that is if we get another Thor movie. Um, If we don't, this was awesome. I mean, this was was the big explosive finale, and yeah, the story might not have been as good, but in terms of spectacle, this was probably going to be the craziest thing we ever got. But yeah, it's a little bit too bad that uh, we've lost out on some of it. Um, and then my third point is, this has to do with the story, but all the parts in Asgard are boring. Uh, they are. <laughs> they are boring. And like, and Hela's, Cape Blanchett is chewing scenery with the best of them, and I appreciate it. She clearly looks like she's having fun. Her character isn't that bad, given all the Marvel villains. But yeah, she, her, that, it's not a compelling or interesting villain. Um, that that the fact that Thor and Loki have a sister they don't figure out until their dad dies. So, and like, out of nowhere, and then just turns out she comes up, and essentially goes, blah, I'm evil, and then, like, then just tries to take over Asgard. Like, we don't care. Um, that was my least this... favorite, like, moment in that movie. Was, yeah. is the least cinematic way to kill somebody. It was the least cinematic way to introduce your main villain. It's yeah, gross. It, just... it was stupidly simple and stupidly gross. I it was just boring. It, it's just um, like they didn't know how to do it, so they're just like, oh, teleport portal thing. Yeah, it was just boring. And then like, yeah, and then she shows up, and then she just sits around, and then insults people, and then it's like, oh yeah, how did you think we got all this gold? We killed lots of people, and it's just like, why? This is was. We don't care. <laughs> like, you didn't give us a reason to care about Asgard or, like, anything beyond the fact that they were space Vikings. Like, we kind of figured that's how they got their stuff. Like, yeah, that's that's not too much of a surprise. And also, we still don't care. Um, wow, okay. Mention- I, forgot that, I forgot that was even a thing, that the whole foundation of this people, of these Asgardians, came from pilgrims just genocide and and destroying all these things and it's like why would we want to keep that around why is the people of asgard worthy of keeping around and saving when yeah, except they like changed their ways you know centuries ago so they're not that kind of people anymore oh and like oh yeah then they they, they need to pay for the horrible crimes they did to all these different species and it's just like <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I it's, why do we want to save it? You know? I, I don't agree with they need to pay for it because it's kind of one of those things of are you responsible for what your ancestors do? Okay, um, yeah, I forget. That's yeah, yeah I that's, forget that the, these again, people is, aren't around. It's implied that it's generations away. Like yeah, yeah, I forgot hundreds that. of thousands of years ago away. Um, I, for some reason, I thought Asgardians were like Themyscirans and the fact that they live for like centuries. Yeah, I don't. I don't know for sure. I think some of them. I don't know. It's. It's again. We don't know anything about. Well, it, I mean, yeah, Odin way. because Odin started this whole thing with Hela, right? So those two were around for centuries. Yeah, 
I mean, maybe it's like the maybe it's those this... those are the gods, and then Asgardians are like regular people. I guess I don't know. I honestly don't. Either way, like yeah, all the <laughs> stuff with Asgard is just kind of boring. Um, it just is, and it's too bad because we get the stuff with Sakaar, the alien plane that's just so interesting and exciting and cool. And it's almost just kind of like this ridiculous like two like two sides of this movie where you know like every half hour we get this awesome moment and then for like five minutes we have to like go the plot comes to a screeching halt as it goes back to Asgard and all of that world and we're just kind of like just kind of sitting there twill- I was pretty much just sitting there twiddling my thumbs this movie I was like when are you gonna go back you should go back go back and then when it went back it was like yeah I like you know they went back at the end of the finale but like all the interesting parts of the other that alien world had almost already kind of come to Asgard and that's when we got the big interesting fight like that's the the better part of the movie crashed into the shitty part of the movie and that made it more fun but without that it was just kind of like eh. yeah so yeah, yeah those are I, my three things well there you go then well let's let's not uh let's not hold people in suspense let's go on to the rating to remind everybody, one star means you hated it, two stars means you really didn't like it, well, three stars means you liked it, okay, four stars means you really liked it, and five stars means you loved it. So, Mr. Potterbomb, where do you rate Thor Ragnarok? Uh, 3.75. Not liked it that much, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know, I know you didn't like the plot and all that stuff, but I had a blast watching it, and I... Yeah, I know it was it was a lot of fun, and it's you know if this is the last Thor movie, we went out the spectacular one. This is by far the best Thor movie we've gotten so far. I like all the characters. I love this world. I love the visuals, and yeah, Thor doesn't really kind of learn anything. And like when he does, it's at like the eleventh hour that doesn't matter. But we still have character growth that happens for the most part. Um, so. But yeah, like you're kind of right. It's the experience, and I had a blast watching this. Um, it's definitely could have been better, that's for sure. Um, but in terms of what it was, I am not going to begrudge it uh, anything too low. So three point seven five seems fair. Well, there you go. That's all fine and dandy. I don't. I'm just going to beat a dead horse if I keep re-explaining it. And, like, I, I think I had, like, a thousand other points. This movie just completely baffles me, to be perfectly honest, uh, with with its stuff. Like, I, obviously it doesn't baffle me with the tone and stuff like that, but it's it's sheer confidence in itself. It just completely baffles me that it, it decided to be the movie that it ended up becoming. To me, this is just fundamentally, at its core, a very cynical project, uh, cynical uh, experiment and um, I don't like it. I would give it a one, but I gave uh, the second one a one point five, and uh, it and this is you know the a lot more passion and fun went into this movie, regardless of cynical core. So because of that, I have to give it a better rating than uh, Thor: Dark World. So Thor Ragnarok too, but. I don't have to, but I mean, I, I I will appreciate the good things about this movie, and like I want to like it because of those things, and just forget about the plot, but I can't. Uh, so this gets a one point seven five out of me. Um, uh, 
due to this rate. Unless I retroly retroly change the second movie to like a point five and change this one to a one. Um, I yeah, it's just I really, really, really dislike this movie. I really dislike the plot. And I really dislike where it comes from. So, I also didn't want to end, you know, this portion of the series on such a down note. So, Potabomb, tell me a joke. I, I don't have one for you, Kirk. That's not how this night. I don't have a <laughs> joke waiting for you. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kirk. Kirk, shh, we have something good that's going to happen. Yeah, what's good? What's gonna happen? Huh? Infinity War comes out tomorrow. Yeah! 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 So, uh, That's right, for anybody folks. listening, we recorded this on the 25th, and yes, the movie comes out on the 27th, but if you're smart, uh, they always sell tickets on the evening shows on the Thursday before premieres to try and, you know, keep the midnight crowds from becoming ridiculous. So, Absolutely. Uh, so if you, the, all the people in the inn, and now you're congratulations, you're one of them. Um, you can go buy tickets to movies uh, Thursday night. Good luck with this one. It's not gonna happen uh, because I, I, I was legit. I bought my ticket like a month in advance because I kind of figured it would be a problem. Uh, it kind of almost was. I almost didn't get to see Black Panther um, for almost like a solid good chunk of time. I barely weaseled my way into the Thursday night during for Black Panther, and then was only able to make it again because on a Monday night, Monday, like morning matinee. And even that was full. So, uh, good luck trying to get into tickets to this one. However, for next time, that's an easy way to figure it out. But yeah, I bought tickets for this, like at least three weeks in advance. And I, a good chunk of seats were already taken, which is nuts. Like it's, it's a movie. But yeah, this is so. It's, I'm, it's a movie that people have been wanting for a long time, so yes, it's it's, and it's I'm expected. However, so pumped. However, it was a lot easier finding tickets in Iowa, so uh, you will yeah. have no problem getting I a was seat the, Friday, Saturday night, Sunday. Funny enough, I was in the Burbs uh, for Atlanta. Like it's not particularly like right next to the city, and I was having uh-huh. trouble. Although I did pay for the IMAX showing, so uh, yeah, there you and go. they've been doing. All the ad campaigns of this whole movie has been shot entirely in IMAX, which is yes. both true and not true. So, yep. we'll, we'll do one more episode, folks. That's going to be a non-spoiler, then we'll get into spoiler territory, and then we'll go into a retrospective on the whole uh, on the whole series. So. Well then, that's, uh, that's where we're going to be at, folks. So, next week's episode is Avengers colon Infinity War. What we've all been waiting for. Oh, yes. This musical so is going to be the best musical of all time. I expect time. beautiful musical numbers from every single one of the cast. I bet they all have fantastic singing voices. Oh, yeah. Especially I, Thanos. I, I have not a single doubt in my mind. I've been Kirk Peterson, folks. And I'm still Alex Potabomb. And this has been Pots versus Pete's. The Marvelous Morons. Excelsi. Excelsi Thor. Boom. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, you got it, you got it. You, you Thor! Hi everybody, I'm Alex Bottom, and I will be reading the credits today. The spectacular Aquila Galusha composed the music. This episode has been edited by the astonishing Will Dodds. I, and the uncanny Kirk Peterson, have been your host for today. <laughs> 
the sad, unfortunate face of Steve Ditko is the one who gave me the inside info on Infinity War. Thank you, True Believer, for listening.